0: Well you can turn to your bibles and to John chapter 1. We're going to look at a brief study called the concerning Peter. We're not calling it the life of Peter like we did the life of Paul. We're going to do this a little bit different. We're calling this the sayings of Peter, because what our focus is going to be on some things that Peter said and how we can apply them in our lives, how we can understand them and apply them in our lives. And what we're going to do is going to look at this. We're going to start. We'll begin with Peter's call to ministry with Jesus Christ, and we'll basically go all the way where Peter's message on the day of Pentecost. So there's a lot in there. And and, and when we think of Peter, we we realize that Peter was an, the apostle to the Jews, and was a man with a great heart to serve Jesus Christ. Sometimes uh, what you think of Peter, you, you think of maybe sometimes he messed up or sometimes he said something that he might not should have said or thought what, well, you know, Peter is amazing. He wrote two letters in the New Testament. Uh, he was one of the original apostles. He was one of the inner circle. Peter, James, and John were of the inner circle with Jesus. We're going to look at some of the things that he said, and as we go through it, I think it'll be kind of fun to do that. So our goal is to encourage each other as we do this study. So when we look in the Bible, we talk about it. there are many people. There are so many that we could uh, identify with, and some that we wish we could identify with. I think I, I think of some famous ones. Let's let's just do this. Let's put these guys like Daniel, David, Esther, and Paul. Think about this, Daniel. From the time he was a boy, a young boy, maybe as young as 12, all the way to his 90s, he was faithful for God. He lived in a fallen world. He was a man above reproach, and he was a leader in everything. God gave him direct revelation, and he gave him all kind of information about the end times. And then you think about David, and this is the one we've been studying on Sunday morning, a great king, a man after God's own heart. and, And we just look at him and say, even though he blew it, but at the same time, you'd say he was a faithful man, and God calls him a man after God's own heart. You think of Esther. And um, sometimes women are left out of some things, but I think of Esther and Ruth as two of the great books in the Bible because we have great stories about these people. And she risked her life. She risked her life to save her people. She was raised up for such a time as that. Each one of us in this room, you may not think about it this way, but each one of us in this room are raised up for such a time as this. God has us living at this time for a reason. And then the fourth one, of course, is Paul. We just looked at him—a loving man, but a strong church planner. Thirteen letters, three missionary journeys, did all kind of things. He was just amazing. There's a lot of people we'd like to identify. We'd like to say, "Boy, I'd like to be like those." Well, what about Peter? Sometimes when people look at Peter, they go, "I don't want to be like Peter." I said, "You don't." Oh no, Peter messed up. Who did? Did you? Have we ever messed up? Right? I mean, if we want to say something like that, Peter's a man who's often, sometimes spoke before he really thought. Have any of us in this room ever said something before we really thought? I think so. And so we look at Peter, and then you look at Peter, and and, uh, he failed. We would say, Peter, you denied Christ. We ever deny Christ? All the time. If you don't do what he said, if we don't live for him, if we don't stand strong for him. But he was later used in such a mighty way. I love the very last part, and we're going to see it, where Jesus said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do what I have for you to do. When we think about Peter, he was a man greatly used by God, a huge impact. And and, and as a result, we have the word of God and we have great things. He was an apostle of Jesus Christ, inner circle. Uh, He was first sent, I got it right here. He's an apostle of Jesus Christ, first sent to Gentiles, then to the Jews. We're going to talk about the keys of the kingdom that were given to Peter. Now, some people take that and say that Peter was the first pope because the keys of the kingdom were given to Peter. But what does that mean? And we're going to see that Peter actually is the first person to take the message to the Jews, the first person to take the message to to the Jew and Gentile, which we'd say the Samaritans, and the first person to take the message to the Gentiles. That's the keys of the kingdom, and we'll talk more about it anyway. So he wrote two letters, a great man of God. Let me give you a brief outline of the study. And if you look, I think... If your handout is the same as mine, on the very back of the handout is an outline. It's a little bit different than this outline. This is a shorter outline, but this is an outline that has all 10 of the sayings that we're going to look at. If you notice, there are 10 sayings that Peter said that we're going to look at as we say the sayings of Peter. So this outline right here is just a real brief one. It's got the background on Peter, his sayings, his call to ministry, growing in Christ, his failure, restorations, all that. And in summary, that doesn't have the 10 sayings. It just gives you sort of a background. But we're going to be looking at 10 different things. Now, when you think about the background of Peter, uh, Nobody of the 12 speaks as much as Peter does. He talks more than anybody else put together, basically. He does. And he's a leader. Uh, he, talks, he talks a lot. He takes charge. Uh, he's the kind of person you, you're glad to have around because he does things. And sometimes he says for good, you are the son of God. Jesus said, fantastic answer. Probably, probably the best answer you could have ever answered. And then right after that, he says, but we won't let you die. And Jesus said, get behind me. Satan, you're thinking of the things of men, not the things of God. So in a, in a matter of about four verses, Peter says something really good and something really bad. And you and I could probably identify with that, that sometimes we say things that didn't come out really good, and sometimes we say things and it comes out really bad. And so, I mean, that's, that's Peter. He was a man of God and used by God, an apostle, a leader. And we look at this, the apostles, by the way, when you look at them, Peter's name is always first. Always first. And and I tell you what, that every one of those guys recognized that Peter was the leader. So think about this. When you think about Paul, you think about the educated theologian. And when you read Paul's letters, you have to go, what did he say? What did that mean? I don't know. I mean, you look at it, it's so deep. And then you read John, the loving man of prayer, and you read John, and it's simple, but it's deep. But then you have Peter, the leader, the rock. He's the guy. The Bible always gives us true pictures. Peter was the leader of the apostles, a great one, proclaimed Christ. We also see his failures and his weaknesses, and it's the same thing for us. And so on that back sheet, and you don't have to turn there, there are 10 sayings that we're going to look at in these weeks of what Peter said. So let's begin with what I call the... the, the, the call of Peter. And we're going to look at two aspects. We're going to see how Peter first meets Jesus and how Peter is called by Jesus. And we're going to see uh, how that meets and so, how that works. So let's start with, first of all, Peter first meets Jesus. How does Peter meet Jesus? I mean, we're going to find that uh, Jesus, we don't know exactly what he's doing and where he's going. And we, when you read the Gospels and try to put it all together, we see that... that uh, Jesus has a ministry already, but there's not hardly anybody with him. And there's a guy by the name of John the Baptist who has a ministry, and there's a bunch of people with him. And John is calling. He's the. He says, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He's calling out about Jesus. And so let, let me give you some background. In John chapter 1, we see the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And this is before Jesus really starts this public ministry. And in Isaiah chapter 40, there was this voice that, that, that says, There will be, there will be, go, there one, there one will go before the Messiah, a voice crying in the wilderness, who had made everything ready for the way of the Lord. If you had been there, you would have heard that outside of Jerusalem, close to the river, which would be about 15 or 20 miles away, uh, there's this guy out there, and he's sort of crazy because. He's, he's, he's taken, obviously, a Nazarite vow, which you would have known what that meant. That meant that he didn't cut his hair and he didn't touch anything dead and he didn't eat anything with grapes or raisins or anything or wine. And yet he's out in the wilderness and he's proclaiming a message that the Messiah is here. And people were just going out there. And if we'd have been there at that time, we might have said, let's go see what this guy's like. And he was this voice of one crying in the wilderness. Isaiah 40 says there's going to be one going before the one who's there. We call him John the Baptist. Be careful. (coughs) There wasn't a denomination Baptist, okay? It's not John the Baptist because he was a Baptist. There wasn't even such a thing. The Greek says John the baptizing one. It's actually a title, and it meant that John was baptizing a bunch of people. And so when people would believe, he would give them a message about the coming Messiah. And he said, if you want to identify with the Messiah, then I'll baptize you because that's what baptism is. It's identification. And so he became known as the one, John, the baptizing one. And then we take it since it's, a, it's a, what we call a, a substantival participle which means it's a title, so he's called John the Baptist, but it's John the Baptizing One. And so here's this John. He's out there, and he begins his ministry beyond the Jordan. People are going out there because he speaks powerfully, and it's like he's a prophet of God. And so they they sent they sent people out to see him. If you remember, the religious leaders sent, sent people out there, and they asked him a question, Are you the Messiah? And he said, No, I'm not. He said, Are you... A prophet or something? No. Are you? Are you? And he wouldn't. And they said, "Finally, tell us who you are, then." And John said, "I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness." He said, "I'm Isaiah 40. I'm Isaiah 40. I'm the fulfillment of Isaiah 40." So John has quite a few people with him. He's got disciples, and they're all hanging around with him. And if you look at John chapter 1 verse 29, John is there, and it says, "The next day." He, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him, coming there, and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says that this is, the, this is the Messiah. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is who we've been talking about, the Lamb of God. And see, John has been saying there's one coming, I'm not even worthy to what? I'm not even worthy to untie his shoe. I'm not worthy to wash his feet. I'm not even worthy to be the lowliest servant around him because he's the Messiah. And so I'm not even worthy to do that. He's coming, and then he says, there he is. There is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. One of the things we got to think about, when he says takes away the sin of the world, all the sacrifices, all the lambs up to that time, what did they do to the sin of the world? They just covered them. All sacrifices covered sin, But John doesn't say the Lamb of God who covers sin. He says the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's actually saying he's the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the Savior. He's the one. And and there were people watching and listening. And John the Baptist had disciples, and one of those is going to be a guy named Andrew. And he's got a brother by the name of Peter. And so, so Andrew's there, and he sees Jesus go by. And he goes, wow. And then the next day, the next day, look at verse 35. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked and he said, behold, the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, so two days in a row, Jesus comes by and they watch it. And so Andrew says, you know, if he is who john says he is i need to know him so what happens it says a couple of them begin to follow him one of them is him and and they were following i love this because they start following jesus and jesus goes what do y'all want and they went where do you live (laughs) that's what they said where do you stay we don't we don't even know what to ask you so where do you stay and he says, you come on and stay with me. And they came, and it was a little bit late, so he said, y'all, going to spend the night here. And they spent the night. And, and then it says, one of those two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So one of the two, uh, this is, of course, I, I mentioned this a while ago, the Lamb of God takes away sin. Old Testament sacrifice just covered him, but the uh, sins of the world paid. You know, but one of these was Andrew, who's Peter's brother. Now, we don't even know Peter yet, but we got Andrew. And so Andrew says, we have found the Messiah. What would it have been like, you think, to follow Jesus somewhere, go to where he's staying, and get to spend the night with him, and talk with him, ask him questions? Do you realize probably someday, now listen, Jesus Christ, let me ask you this question, does Jesus live in you? Yeah, he does. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Father lives in you. And Jesus lives in you. So if Jesus lives in you, do you think one day when we're in, even in the kingdom or the eternal state that you can go talk to Jesus anytime you want to? Could he talk to you and talk to a million other people at the same time? Have you ever thought about that? We all talk about the judgment seat of Christ and we're all going to stand before Jesus and we're, we're thinking we're in this giant line, you know? Sure, taking long on Doug. Yeah, taking a long time on Doug. But we're not going to be in the line. You're going to stand before Jesus, and He's going to say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." And you go, "What about everybody else?" He said, "I already did them. I already did everybody." I mean, he, He's God, and so if if we thought, wouldn't it have been great to follow Andrew and go be with Jesus? You're going to be able to be with Jesus when He's the King. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work for the thousand years on this earth when he's rules in Jerusalem as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but I imagine you could see the King. If a regular guy in Israel could go see King David, do you think we could see the Messiah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Well, anyway, so Andrew says, "Wow!" And so one of the verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and he said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. So he goes and he finds his brother. In fact, the way it's written in the Greek, the very first thing he did that next day when they left Jesus, he went and found his brother. It says he first finds his own brother. So you know, he went and said, hey, we found him. We found the Messiah. I think that Peter probably was a disciple of John the Baptist. Probably. And he just wasn't there when Andrew followed. And so he goes back and says to his brothers, Peter, he says, we found the Messiah. So verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. So he brings him to Jesus. Wow. Sometimes you think about that. Have you ever ever met anybody famous? I mean, in our lives, you know, and they say, I'd like you to meet the Queen of England? You'd go, oh, wow. Wow, this person's... Per-. So now, Andrew says, I... Come here, Peter, Peter. Simon, I would like for you to meet Jesus of Nazareth. Were you there? Could you imagine that? He first brought him to Jesus and Jesus looked at him and said, Jesus is going to talk. You are Simon, the son of John. Yeah? You shall be called Rocky, the rock. You're going to be called Peter. You're going to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter, which really means rock. He says, you're, he's called, he says, you're Simon, but you're going to be called Cephas, which is Peter, which is rock. He says, you're going to be the rock, man. You're the rock. You rock. You rock. We'd go, what? You could see Peter going, is he talking to me? Who's he talking to? Wow. Now, let me, let me remind you of something. Jesus first sees Peter how he is, Simon. Jesus then sees Peter how he'll become the rock. You thought about that? He knew everything about Peter. He knew that Peter was going to be raised up to be a great leader. He knew Peter was going to be the rock. He knew everything about it. He knows everything. And when he looked at Peter... He said, you've been been Simon. That's how you are now. But you're going to be the rock. That's who you're going to be. And he is the rock. He is the leader. He is the leader of the apostles. Mentioned first every time. He's going all over. He begins at Jerusalem and goes throughout, uh, all around, around him. And, And let me tell you something. Watch this. Jesus sees how we are and what we will be. Think back when you believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. What were you like? I mean, if you're like me, I trusted Christ. I didn't even know the books of the Bible. I didn't even know. I'd never gone to church but two times in my life. I didn't even know why they were named like Corinthians and Ephesians and Philippians. I didn't know anything. But you know what he said? In his mind, he said, that's J.B. who doesn't know anything. But one day he will. He'll know some things because I'm going to teach him. And I'm going to let him teach And if you'd have said that to me the night that I believed in Christ in the front seat of a car going to get a hamburger, if you'd have said to me, one day God will let you teach the Bible, I would have said, you have no idea what you're talking about. And then they would have said, you have no idea what you're talking about. And when Jesus said to Peter, you're Simon, but you are the rock, Peter could say, I don't think you know me. And Jesus says, I know you better than you'll ever know yourself. You know what he does with us? He takes us from where we are and he makes us something else. He conforms us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. We were dead in sin. We we're fallen, but we're made in his image. And what does he do? Jesus how we are and what we will be and where are we? What will we be? We're children of God. We're conformed to the image of Christ. And the goal is that while well, we grow in the grace of knowledge, and we're growing to be more and more like him every day, and we begin to know his word, and we begin to know him, and we go from being a baby to being a mature believer, that's the plan. And Jesus looks at us and says, you're starting out. I know what you're like, but I also know what you're going to be like. Wow. Aren't you glad that you are not what you first were. First of all, let's say it this way. Aren't you glad you're not what you were before you believed in Jesus? And then aren't you glad that you're different than when you first trusted Christ and you didn't know anything? and you started learning, and all of a sudden you started saying, this is amazing. Look how this fits together. Look what this says. I've got the Holy Spirit in me. I can now understand the word of God. I can now live this out. So Jesus sees Peter as the rock, the one who would be used as the leader to proclaim the great truth of Jesus Christ, the rock. I, I think about Peter's life and, and, and it's our lives. So he believes and becomes the rock. And you can almost see some of the other guys going, he's the rock? Man, oh, I mean, he's kind of a hothead, actually. I mean, he kind of says things without thinking. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. And all of a sudden, they see him, and they see what he does, and he leads, and he's willing. He's willing to die, right? What did he say? What did he do when they arrested Jesus? What did he do? He, he, he said, I happen to have this sword. I'm not very good with it. In fact, I got this guy, and all I got was a ear. You know, right? And so he's a fighter. But then, it's not very long after that, he goes, I, I don't really know who you're talking about. I don't think you... I don't, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I do not know him. I swear... I do not know him. Have you ever failed? Every time we fail, we could be like Peter and we could say, boy, did I blow it again. Same thing. And what does Jesus say to us? Feed my sheep. Keep being faithful. I'm going to take you where you are. Isn't that what he does? I mean, all of us are different places right now, and yet he'll take every one of us and use us for his glory. Well, we're going to see more. That's just the the background. So let's get a a couple applications before we go to the grow groups. Let's understand that Jesus knows us completely. He does. He does. Listen, he, he knows what we're like, what we were like. He knows what we are now, and he knows what we will be. He knows what you were like before you were a believer. Listen, I I have to say that some of you are so fortunate that you believed in Jesus when you were five or six or seven or eight or something. You went to church. I never went any of that. I never heard any of it. I was 19 years old. Now, that's not that old. I mean, there's some other you and maybe in this room that believed in Jesus Christ and you were much older than 19 years old. Now, let me tell you the statistics. This is why it's important to have a children's ministry and why it's so important to touch the lives of children because the statistics show us that about 85 to 90% of all believers believe in Jesus before age 19. 85 to 90%. That means that it is rare when people begin to get a little older and smarter that they believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. So, we, we, we never stop sharing our faith with everybody, but it's sure important to talk to the little ones, you know. And so, Jesus knows what we're like, what we were like before we trusted Christ, what we are like now as we're growing to be more and more like Christ, but he also knows what we will be. And, you know, eventually, we, are, we call justification, which means we're declared right before God. We're completely righteous. Our sanctification is our experience, and we're not completely righteous. In fact, we sin, and we mess up, and sin, and mess, and, we, and then one day, he's going to come get us, and it's called glorification, and that's when our position and our state and everything all comes together. And then one day, we'll be in righteousness before God because we'll have a new body, and we won't sin, and those kind of things. And we'll be. He's, he's going to make us that way. But what he wants us to do is to be conformed to the image while we're here now And so that's our goal, and that's the plan. The second thing to think about is, as believers, let's be ready to serve our Savior. We're going to see that Peter did not let up. And we're going to see his first statement. His first statement looks bad. You remember his first statement? We'll see it. He said, depart from me, Lord. I'm a wicked man. He's basically saying, I don't think you need to hang around me, Lord, because I'm not worthy to hang around you. That's how it starts. God always exalts the humble and brings down the proud. And when you're going to serve God, you know what you say? I don't deserve to be used by you. If you want to use me, I want to, but I just know that I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. But if you want to use me, I want my life to count for you. Is that not true? That's true. Be ready to serve.